When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red for what is our season preview as we look ahead, not to Barnsley away or Hull at home or God knows what in the Championship. We're going to talk about the Premier League, exciting signings and what Nottingham Forest can do. I've got my shutter on my camera still. That's a good start. There we go. That's a bit better. Uh, you can see in my spare room. So let's get into it. Uh, joined, first of all, by uh, our, the ever-optimistic Greg Mitchell. Don't tell us yet what you predicted. I dread to think. But how are you, Greg? <laughs> good. Good. Had a nice uh, summer off the football and ready to go again now. Good. It's been a while since you've been on this, actually. Mm-hmm. You're a busy man rushing around. Yeah. Well, I just never got chosen. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's not true at all. Right. Second guest. Is Reds fan Mickey Clark. How are you, Mikey? Really good, Matt. Really good. Uh, evening, everybody. Is everybody all right? Uh, yeah, I'm old. Now I'm 40. I should give a <laughs> shout out. I did get an obligatory forest present. So thanks to my kids and Rogue Gallery. There uh-huh. you go. You can see it just about. So thanks for that. Yes, uh, I'm good. Thank you. And third guest is Reds fan Michael Temple. Temps, any abuse about Gary Lineker before we start? No, I'm, I'm just here for balance tonight amongst these optimistic energizers that you've invited to talk to us tonight. I'm just here for balance and sensible opinions. Mikey's normally quite pessimistic with these. Well, realistic, really. It's, yeah, he, but he, he does balance us out with what Greg's normally got to say. Right, we'll get into it. We'll start with looking ahead, uh, probably just the first six games and see how we think Forrest are going to get on because it is... A tricky start, so I'm going to put the first six fixtures up in case anyone's forgotten them. Obviously, start against Newcastle on Saturday. Those who are listening, not watching, West Ham at home, Everton away, Spurs at home, Man City away, and then it gets a bit easier starting with Bournemouth at home. So, Temps, are you expecting us to start well? What's what's a decent return from those six games? I am expecting this to start well. I think uh, Newcastle and West Ham are there for the taking. They're, they're both in the market, aren't they? They're both going to have the challenges that we're going to have in, in making a group of good players settle. So I, I think we can get into them. So I'm, I'm going to be balanced and say three points after, after two games, which I think is a decent start. Everton, banker, I think they're in disarray. I think they finished last season horrendously. I think there's all kinds of shenanigans and feelings around that club that suggest we're in a in a better spot. Spurs and Man City, I can't make much of a case. I really rate those sides, as you'll see when we get on to our, our, our top six in a minute. Um, Bournemouth, I've, I've written off. So, for me, let's say there's going to be seven points from those first six games, and I don't think that's a, a terrible return. Yeah, I might be a little more pessimistic. We'll come on to Greg and Mikey in a second. Like you, I've written off two of those games. Maybe a couple of draws at the start, those first two. And then, like you, I mean, we'll come on to relegation, but you hear Scott Parker today basically talking like they're, they're down already. I think they might be. So, yeah, I think you might be right. I, I'd go for, what would that be? 
five points from six games. And I think that's a decent return with the fixtures easing. What about you, Greg? Well, I'm not needed, am I? Like, temps there with the... <laughs> I liked what he said, but I wouldn't write off any game other than Man you City write away. Otherwise, no. <laughs> Man City away. But when we're at home, we proved last season in the FA Cup games we can do it. The crowd's going to be absolutely crucial. And a good start for us this season is completely different to a good start in any other season. So I'd agree with Temps and say, you know, anything over the amount of more points than games, that that would be a good start. Um, I think just getting, a, if we can get, I mean, if you can't win, if you get a result at Newcastle, come away with a point, we're going to be walking out of there buzzing. Unless like VAR takes it away, 90th minute winner or something. But I just think a good start will be points however they come so yeah seven points from six games I'd be ecstatic you'd write off Man City at home wouldn't you as well as away in the whole season no Would you Man, City, Man City aren't going to win every game no I suppose not I mean Southampton <laughs> drew with them at home didn't they last year and uh, played really well yeah I mean if, if we write it off we might as well play the kids right and we say no you, you just got it and you just never know what might happen Haaland's mm. unproven in this league so far. I mean, you think about him in Germany, it's different defenders. It's not the, the Premier League defenders. You might see a little bit of a different Haaland there, which I think we saw in the, the Charity Shield game. So I'm not saying we're going to beat Man City. I'm just saying never write us off for any of the games because we're going to have to fight for every single one of them. Yeah, true. What about you, Mikey? What are you taking from the first six games? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure... Uh writing off is probably the right phrase. I just think we have to be realistic about those teams that, you know, we're going to set the side out to try and beat. So, you know, you're thinking you're Liverpool's Man City, Man United, all that sort of stuff. If we get anything against those guys, it's a bonus. Our season is going to be defined by the results against the teams that realistically are going to be in and around us. And in the first six games, I think we've got two of them. So, they're the games that I'm sort of looking at in terms of, you know, can we can we get maximum points from those two? Um, I think I've gone for six points from the first six games, so not completely different from you guys. I've got got us drawing the first three games. <laughs> Actually, just saying that, I think we'll lose against Man City and Tottenham, although Tottenham on telly at half past four, pack City ground, you know, we'll give them a go. We'll have a go at them there. But, you know, they've got a lot of very good players. But I do think the game afterwards, Bournemouth, I kind of agree with Temps. They look a little bit in disarray. And I think if you look at what um, the Fulham manager's been saying as well this week, they don't seem too far off that state of mind as well. So they're the types of games I think we should be targeting and saying, let's go out, pick an attack inside, be on the front foot, try and win it. Um, But I think sort of six or seven points roughly from those first six games is probably, I think, where we're going to end up. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard Marco Silva's thing about was it this comments about the centre half about Tim Ream and um, it was, and, then, and then he went, and then he went into a bit of a rant about we've only got sixteen players and he loves them all but they're not ready. You know, quite incendiary comments. If I'm honest, I think if Cooper was saying that, I'd be I'd be very worried. So I, I don't know what sort of state they're in as well. Um, so we've almost got you know head start. I think we bought four players and we bought what eleven, twelve, something like that. 12. So. Mm. Tells us that story. Mm, true, true. We'll come on to how we think Forest are going to pan out over the course of the season 
in a minute as we go through things. I mean, the next thing I've written down here is who will be top scorer. Is it Brennan, Greg, or who else would it be? Aaron e? Look, Looking at the... Uh, and you can only go off a few pre-season snippets and it's hard, but looking at the way they set up on Saturday, Brennan was getting the balls to him, wasn't he? He's like, they're feeding some of these great passes, these through balls threading to him. And he's the guy who's going to be on the end of them. So, yeah, I, I mean, like what Temps was saying the last episode, it's things like 10 goals, 10 assists, that's going to be the key. So, yeah, Johnson, surely, you know, hopefully he gets a, Clean season, no injuries, because those Premier League defenders are going to be all over him. But uh, I think he's the guy for us this season. You peaked on this podcast last season, last week, Temps, with your whole Awani uh, reeling off stats and impressive knowledge. And then we saw it in this friendly with a pro, you know a proper Forest goal. It seems to be a, a bit of a trademark now. The ball from the centre half into a channel, and now when he crosses to Brennan, does that that gives you a lot of encouragement? Before I ask you about who's going to be top scorer. Yeah, he loves that through ball, doesn't he? And you, you saw, um, thankfully for me, what, what we were talking about last week came to the fore in that, in that friendly channel ball, runs onto it, really strong, upper body strength, pass isn't disrupted, and that's, that's, a, that's a tap in for, for Brennan, although he did miss a very similar one 10 minutes later. So I think what that suggests is Forrest are adapting their style of play to embrace the best of Awanee rather than expecting him to be another Keenan Davis or to be another... Hold up, Merchant. I still don't know if Taiwo is going to start that that first game. I think that's the major selection um, decision that they're going to have to think about between now and then. But what you can see, they've learned how to get the best out of him. And that combination between him and Brennan was was very encouraging. I think Brennan will be top scorer off the back of starting every game, almost guaranteed when he's fit. Taking every penalty, almost guaranteed when he's fit. And I think he's 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 just undroppable, Matt, and, and just isn't phased by any occasion. Yeah, we'll have a chat about the Newcastle game in a bit. There's a fan comment on YouTube. Number one Matt Davis fan. I'll put it here. I mean, it's got to be another Matt Davis, hasn't it? Or one of those weird troll accounts. If it's not, then, you know. <laughs> just take fine. the compliment. <laughs> I can't, can I? No. Okay, well, if it is, that's, that's great. Thanks. Uh, good. Mikey, what about you? Brennan, Tyro, Lingard? Uh I was just going to mention that comment, actually. It just jumped out at me, sending messages to myself again. That, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with the guys. You know, it's going to look, uh, it's going to be hard to look beyond uh, Johnson, if I'm honest, because you don't really know who's going to start with him. So, you know, Surridge played the majority of the last game. He's coming back to fitness. There is no Keenan Davis now. Awani is going to take a bit of time to bed in, but I think he'll probably come good second half of the season. So for that fact alone... Johnson's going to play pretty much every minute. So it's going to be hard to bank against him racking up the goals for Forrest at the start of the season. You never know what's going to happen, um, especially if Lingard has that free role, certainly at home. I can see him, you know, I think he had two shots in the first 10 minutes the other day. So he's going to take a lot of shots at goal. So he's going to chip in with a few. But I think the key for me is not necessarily having that 20-goal-a-season striker. I think I said it to you the other week. It's just about everybody chipping in. And I include the centre-backs on this. I include Ryan Yates in this, the midfield. You know, the, the wingers cutting inside, Jesse Lingard. If they all get their fair share, we'll be all right. So I think long gone are the days where you have a 20, 30-goal-a-season striker. And if you have one, you're all right. And if you don't, you're not. You know, Man City, I know it's a different kettle of fish, but Man City proved they don't even play with a striker. So, But now they've got one. 
Um, so I think with Forest, uh, it depends a lot on the supporting cast, should I say. So until Awani gets his feet on the table, understands how we play and gets a run in the side, you're going to be looking at everybody chipping in uh, and getting our goal tally up. But Johnson's going to be the main man, without a doubt. I'm going to come back to something. There's a, there's a comment that's flashed up, and it's true. Uh, I can't put it up because it's got a bit of swearing in. But it's, uh, Olympiacos have announced Carlos Corbran as their new manager. Absolutely sensational trolling of Huddersfield. And they <laughs> absolutely hate Forrest, mustn't they? Happy Yorkshire Day to them. <laughs> Is it Yorkshire Day? Yeah. Oh, even better. Yeah. Hey, can I just say, right? I watched Huddersfield on Friday for those listening and watching this that, that watched them. It was a proper sliding doors moment now because mm. that could have been us. So they've lost the manager. They've lost the three best players, two of them to us. They got absolutely schooled by Burnley, who are a team trying to redefine themselves. You know, they lost one there. They were looking to get nil. They got murdered. So mm. if things would have been different on that, you know, afternoon at Wembley, that could have been us. And just thank, thank God it wasn't. Yeah. They had like 30% possession against Burnley, didn't they? And one shot on target. It's going to be a long season for them. I watched um, I, I watched the England final last night, and you see free from desire playing at the end. I was watching videos again last night. Like Mikey says, proper sliding doors moment. Obviously, best football day ever as well. So yeah, you spot on there. Um, how many goals are they getting between them in this front three? Assuming it's Awani, Johnson, and Lingard, it might change a bit. Surridge is is going to be in the mix as well. And maybe they sign someone else. Is it thirty between them, temps, or maybe we a bit right. more ambitious? No, it's probably not even 30 between them. And uh, I'm, I'm seeing some really optimistic commenters. So I'm going to be a little bit careful here because there's, there's a few people here that have kind of multiplied Greg's enthusiasm by 10. And they're just letting it rip <laughs> and dreaming of the Champions League and everything else. But that, that piece I wrote for you, Matt, I, I hope and suggest we're probably going to stay in this uh, league through method rather than any kind of reckless attacking play. So score more than 40, concede less than 50 is, is the formula for that kind of safe um finish so that's going to be really tough for three boys to average more than 10 goals a year in unfamiliar in an unfamiliar partnership or or, or trio and question marks over the selection of one of those players i think it's really tough so you'll see later i am predicting we're going to be safe this year i think we've got enough in the tank to to, to stay up there but i don't think we're going to be free scoring i think the bedrock is going to be solid defense and off the back of that will come one nil wins, two nil wins, two one wins. We ain't winning or losing four three. We just can't open ourselves up against quality oppo because they'll they'll take anyone to the to the cleaners. So mm. pessimistically, I think twenty five goal return from those three, maybe high twenties towards thirty would would be fine. I just don't think we're going to be free scoring because I think we're going to have an added emphasis on solidity at the back in a rotation of three players that are really fam familiar with each other and one in Neocarte who looks like a, a ready-made Premier League player and a bit of a boss. So, yeah, my, my prediction is for relatively low number of goals scored, but relatively low number of goals conceded. So slightly more pessimistic than the, the other boys here, I, I reckon. Yeah, I think the method looks quite clear, which is quite good. You can see a plan. that It feels to me like they're going to aim for... 40% possession, soak up a lot. And then they've got Mangala and O'Brien who look like really good ball carriers and they're going to get us up the pitch and give the ball to Lingard and try and create a space between the centre-halves for Brennan to run onto or something like that. It feels like 
a plan? I mean, does that feel roughly like the method to you, Mike, of how we're going to go about this? It does, yeah. Um, if you look at our recruitment, we've bought a number of exceptionally quick players that are good on the transition. So I think you're absolutely right, Matt. I think uh, even at home, we probably won't get 50% possession, and I'm absolutely all right with that. Now, if you look at the Forest teams in the past, um, we've always been brilliant at counter-attacking. And if that's the way we want to set up, that, that's fine. You've got to play to your strengths. So in pre-season, for those of you that, 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 that watch some of the games, they, they tried Brennan in a number sort of 10 dropping off role. And I hated it. I'll be honest with you. You know, he had his back to goal. All his strengths and attributes were almost negated because we were trying to fit him into that system. So by signing Jesse Lingard to play there, it almost releases Brennan to play on the shoulder. I would have hated it if we would have started the season that way because I just think, you know, get your best out of your best players. But I think you could probably guess the starting eleven now, give or take one or two for Saturday. I think everybody would probably come with the same sort of starting eleven, um, and that includes Brennan up top, which is key because we're going to have 35-40% possession at, at St James's. We're going to have to as Joe Worrell says, suffer quite a bit. And that's not going to change throughout the season. But the key thing is, and you, you mentioned it as well, Matt, the ball carriers in midfield. It's one thing winning, winning it back, but it's another trying to get 10, 20, 30 yards up the pitch when you have the ball and not just giving it straight back to the opposition. And I think with the recruitment, it looks smart. It looks like it's been done with a plan in mind. And so when everybody's up to speed, when they know each other, and you have Mangala in midfield, and you have Johnson on the shoulder, and you have Lingard floating in behind, there's a definite plan with how we're going to try and attack games and win them. And it, it just makes complete sense to me, because you're not going to go in your first season in the Premier League toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of these teams. You're just not. So let's try and find another way to win a football match. And, you know, it's the way I will go, and I know very little about it, but... It's good to see that people who are a lot cleverer than me think, do you know what? Let's get a couple of exceptionally quick players, good in the transition, hit teams on the break. Perfectly cool with that. Well, mm. One more point on the attacking prowess. We haven't finished signing yet. We're still in the market. And the willingness of the, the, the ownership to fund and sign another striker is abundantly clear. And if our knee is what we hope he is or not, we want two ready-made starters in that position. And I think Surrey still falls in that category as, as good backup, good finisher, willing runner, all the rest of it. But he's not a Premier League marquee striker. So I will revise my pessimistic um, prediction there about the number of goals the trio are going to um, attain this year if we do pull that player in. If it's Keenan Davis, Keenan Davis by another name, or, or someone else we haven't thought of yet, I think we'll continue to sign players. I think there'll be one, if not two, really positive surprises on that front between now and the window closing. And I think that will further enhance our attacking prowess and our, our capability to score goals. Have you had enough of the Gibbs-White pursuit yet, Greg? Does it feel like we need to, to move on now or do you keep hanging on till the end of the window and see if you can test Wolves resolve with a bid? Yeah, I'd, I'd keep going, but also I wouldn't panic if it doesn't happen because, like Mikey said, it's been such clever recruitment You've heard about, you know, Fulham recruiting 10, 12 players and it all going horribly wrong. But that was kind of like just chuck money at a market where we have been clever. I'm sure we could have got Gibbs White if we were willing to pay ridiculous money a week or so ago. But I think we'll hold off and we'll see how much Wolves do need that cash injection. But like I say, if it isn't him, they will find someone else. 
let's be honest, like I don't think many of us had heard of many of these players before. But when you look back at their careers so far, you kind of see a link and you think, oh, yeah, these are, like Mikey said, going to suit what we're, we're going to all be about. So, yeah, I don't give up on uh, Gibbs White yet, but don't be upset if it doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, a week ago, I'd have thought definitely going to get him. That Jimenez injury clouds things just from a PR point of view for Wolves. If you're selling attacking players and you've got no strikers, it doesn't say much for your ambition. So we'll see on that one. Looking at the team for Newcastle then, I mean, does Nia Kate, if I'm saying that right, still come in or do you go with Cook? What, um, just for that experience, or what, what do you think, Greg? Was Nick is it injury an arm injury? Was it? Did I read? I didn't hear it was too bad, so yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I think if he's fit, he plays, doesn't he? Um, but Cook is absolutely fine with the other two beside him, so I'm, I wouldn't be worried either way. I just think a clean sheet at Newcastle would be an incredible result. Absolutely brilliant result, even more so than Johnson scoring. So I, I do think uh, it's not a worry. As long as two of our three defenders are always fit, the third one's going to come in nicely. So it'll be OK either way. Mm. I'll ask you a selection question each. Um, so midfield for attempts. I mean, I see obviously O'Brien's going to start. If Yates is about, does he start? Or do you have to go with Colback? Or do you throw Mangala in? Who's the second midfielder for you? Yeah, that's tough, isn't it? I think it's going to come down to, to fitness. I think O'Brien and, and Lingard are the two that are inked in. Um, if everybody was fit, I think Yatesy starts the season there. Um, notwithstanding the fact that Mangala is fitness, you know, proving his fitness away from being ready-made to come in and be that box-to-box player we, we spoke about. And we're all still a little bit excited, right, about Garner or another potential centre-mid coming in. But let's, let's assume we don't sign anybody else. I think we'll start with that trio of Yates, O'Brien, Lingard. And if there's any doubt at all about that, it's um, it's, it's Mangala in for, in for Yates. Yeah, Mangala, I mean, I think he's done a pre-season. He just hasn't been around Forest, And he's if he's blinded in training this week, and I could see, I think I'd go probably Colback, just for experience. I don't know, a half-fit Yates. When you're a player who relies on energy and fitness, I think that might be a, a bit of a gamble. We'll give you strikers, Mikey. Surridge or Awani or Taylor, one of your favourites. Uh, I mean, Surridge started against Valencia. Does he get the nod? Uh, I think I'll answer this two ways. So what I think Forrest will do is they'll probably start with Surridge up front and Johnson just because of uh, their movement, their familiarity. And the fact we're probably going to be under a bit of pressure first off. Um, we saw what impact Awani made when he came on. Um, Cooper's probably going to hope for a similar sort of impact last 20, 30 minutes at St James's Park, especially if we're chasing the game. The way I'd go, and no one's going to agree with me on this, but I am a little bit pragmatic and nil-nil is my favourite scoreline. So I would probably go with the three in midfield, whoever that is, Colback, O'Brien, Whoever, and then I'll probably play Lingard in behind Johnson. And I know everybody's going to go, oh, no, don't do that. Um, but I just think you've got 60,000 fans, haven't seen football for two and a half months or whatever. If it's nil-nil after an hour, they're going to get on their backs. So maybe I would be thinking, let's just kind of keep it tight and then maybe try and nick it at the end. But I'm just pragmatic and a bit boring. So I'm sure Cooper's not going to do that. He'll probably start with Surridge and, and, uh, Surridge and uh, 
and Johnson up front with Lingard in behind, which is going to make for a great game, actually, because we that suggests to me we're, go, we're going there to score some goals. So, Mike, you would, would you consider Brennan as a lone nine just to alleviate any kind of um, balance between the, the grunters and the, the flair players in, in, in centre mid and just, just pack the midfield and have him running in behind? Is that, I think is that's that plausible possible? Yeah, I think that's what I do, to be honest. I think, um, you know, I, I spoke earlier on about I don't like him with his back to goal. And I appreciate that he's going to spend a little bit of time with his back to goal playing that way because we're probably going to be 10, 15 yards deeper than we want to be. Um, but his play pace is explosive. So once he gets in behind them, they're naturally going to drop off. And I just think they don't know us. They haven't played us for years. I know what that crowd's like. You know, I used to live up in the northeast. They're very... Things aren't going their way first 20, 30 minutes. They're not going to like it. So I would be cautiously pragmatic initially and then look to maybe change it later on in the game. So I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But knowing Cooper, he's not going to do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll try and get a goal and he'll play two up. Uh, we've got a full Newcastle preview on Wednesday with a guest. So I won't go too much more into that game. Uh, save some stuff to talk about and move on. Um who are the three key players then? I mean, it's obvious. Is Brennan too obvious? If you had to pick out three, Greg, who you thought really have to perform this season to give us a chance of of staying up, who would they be? Well, Lingard's the one who has to perform. I don't think he's at 90 minutes yet either. I'd be surprised if he did the full game, the first couple of games at least. Uh, yeah, Johnson, obviously. <laughs> Johnson, Lingard and maybe N. O'Brien or someone who we've managed to get on the cheap, who just transforms this team. Uh, your defenders are, are pretty solid either way, aren't they? So a defender rarely wins player of the season. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'd say like a Brian Johnson, obviously Lingard. It has to be Lingard. What about you, Temps, if you were picking three? Well, well I'm going to say something slightly different, right? I'm going to say Joe Worrell is key to this because if he is a star in this team, and proves that he can live with the level and combines that with local lad, Forest fan, everything he is to, to, to all of us, how good would that be? If rather than talking about Lingard, Brennan Johnson, you know, the obvious stars of the, the team, we were talking about a central defender who we've loved in the championship and his passion, the Wembley interview, everything, like just encapsulates everything you want in a captain. If we were sat here in the season saying, what a, what a you know, what a gun player he was this season. I think that's a, uh, a hallmark of us being far beyond, you know, my, my prediction. So I'm, I'm going to go left field and say Worrell purely because it's how I want the scenario to, to, unveil, to unravel. And I think that that would be really good news for Forrest if he, if he could still be a standout performer in the Premier League. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Johnson and Lingard, and I'm going to say Henderson. I think you saw Henderson, the way he played at Sheffield United. You know, they got in the top half, not solely because of him, obviously, but he was blinding for them. So if he performs like that for Forrest, and I think he goes a long way to keeping him up. Mikey, I'm going to ask you in a sec. I've just noticed my laptop battery is dying on its ass, So I'm going to go downstairs and grab a charger. And Mikey, you're going to give us your three. And then if you finish, stop talking, Temps is going to take over as host because I know he can. I love the jeopardy of this. This is just, this has added another level to the podcast. Will Matt Can I make it in time? Can he find the charger? Well, you know I've got absolutely no pace at all. No, I know where the charger is. It's where I can get there in time. Mikey, give us your three, and then we'll continue this uh, professional operation when I get back. Well, funnily enough, my three is the same as Matt's, but I'm clearly going to have to talk. So, um, 
I, th- I think that's right. Henderson's going to be big. I'll tell you what I will go for, though. The three centre-backs. So, you know, we spoke about whether it's Cook, Worrell um, and McKenna or whether the new lad near Catty plays, who looks a serious football player, by the way. Um, I think you're absolutely right, Temps. You know, we're not going to be winning games 3-2, 4-3. Our season's going to be built on 1-0 wins, 1-1, 2-1, all that sort of stuff. So those three in front of Henderson are going to be absolutely key for us. You know, we saw last season, and I was looking at um, the run when Cooper took over. You know, after Christmas, the amount of games we won 1-0, 2-0, the key thing was the nil at the end. And it was based on those three that I think will probably start the season. So they've got the understanding there, they're experienced. You know, Cook's played in the Premier League before. Joe Warren, as you said, Temps. Forrest Ladd knows it. He'll always give everything he's got. Scott McKenna, brilliant man of the match at Wembley. So if those three can start the season the way they ended the season, and then Niakate comes in, as Greg says, as and when needed, and then maybe kind of cements that place because he's clearly a quality footballer. Um, those three will be fundamental. You know, it's no good scoring two and three goals if you're letting in three and four. So those three at the back and Dean Anderson, Matt, going to go for that. And you're back. Yeah. I'm back. I'm sure you said some wise words. Is Nico <laughs> Williams, here's a question, is he overpriced or have they got a good deal there, do you think, Greg? Uh, it's his potential, isn't it? It's risk reward with that that the how young he is, how unproven he is because of what he had in front of him trying to break into that Liverpool squad was just never going to happen, was it? So I think we've done good, and I have everything crossed that by the end of this season or the next, this fifty sixty million pound bids were batting off. Um, one thing I wanted to quickly say about is Joe Worrell as well. If he gets player of the season, he's kept us up, hasn't he, at least? So I love that. And if he is that good, then he moves on to maybe like you're looking at England places in 23, 24, or you just never know with that. So I I loved the Worrell thing. I'd like to change mine. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, One more question before we move on to our graphics. And it won't be a particularly popular question, but I think it's a valid one. So if people hear me out. I sent the lads this question. Will Steve Cooper still be manager this time next year? And there's different scenarios to how this could play out, obviously. He could get sacked if this goes wrong. Let's not, you know, let's be realistic. They might get rid of him if we're looking a bit twitchy with 10 games to go and it's not looking good. Obviously, I hope that doesn't happen. I, hope, I believe they should back him all the way, no matter what. Or he gets a bigger job. You know, Brendan Rodgers went from Swansea to Liverpool. I've seen people discussing him as a future England manager, and I think that's quite a good shout. So... He could still that could happen, or of course he could still be Forest manager in twelve months going into the Premier League. Mikey, what, what's what, what's the scenario for you? Well, I should say that my wife thinks that he won't be, um, but I disagree with her, so I'll be sleeping outside tonight, no doubt. Um, I think her view is that we're going to do really well, perhaps, and he's going to be snapped up because his stock is really high. He's brilliant with young players, plays attractive football. He's still not signed his contract, I don't believe. So it could be that if we start really, really well, and you know around sort of Christmas time, January time, uh, teams always panic, don't they? It could be that he is poached to a bigger, in brackets, job. Um, I actually think he still will be manager personally, because I think, as you'll see by you know my prediction, I think we'll finish where, where we aren't necessarily struggling, but we aren't necessarily pushing for him to maybe drop onto somebody's shortlist for that sort of top six to ten side. 
Um, I'd love him to stay. I'd love him to sign a new contract. And I hope we're discussing this again in a positive way because people are sniffing around him because that means we're doing well. Um, I can't see him being sacked because he's got so much credit in the bank with the owners and the club and the fans. You know, you, you spoke about PR disasters early in that in, in relation to Wolves. Can you imagine if we lost six of the first 10 games and, you know, a decision's made or, you know, a decision's made just before the World Cup? That has fundamental negative impacts on this feel-good factor that we've all got around this club at the moment. So unless we're rock bottom with no hope of staying up or, you know, we need a, a miracle, I can't see them biting the bullet. But you just never know. You just never know. We've invested heavily. You know, the expectation will be that we don't just survive in the Premier League. We actually make a bit of ways. You know, we beat the odd big side. And, you know, we're not just constantly looking behind us. And you never know what's going to happen. But I know I've gone around the houses on here. I'd love him to stay. And I really hope he does. And I think he will. But, you know, it's a resorts business. And you, and you just don't know, Matt. And I'm sorry to sit on the fence, but that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Have I committed blasphemy by asking the question, Greg, or do you see a... It's a, it's a sticker of a question. <laughs> um, there's only two ways I want to see him leave this club, and that is for an international job or for a, you know, cannot-refuse opportunity in European football because he's such a young manager, he's such a, a modern manager, forward-thinking. We've not seen anything like this at our club in, well, I, I'd say... My my proper watching lifetime. Um, he's just a, a lovely bloke as well. You, you hear the players say about how he rings them and he does things like that. The guy needs to be protected, and the thing he needs to be protected from really is ourselves and Nottingham Forest because we might have a bad start. We might do, and it won't be his fault. He has a plan, and he's a very clever manager. So. You know, you look at our September fixtures and they look a hell of a lot more favourable. Um, we've just got to get through these patches that we may well have and it'll it'll come. And then you will also see, you know, the Christmas market. We'll know where, where we need to strengthen then and it'll be even more important. And that might be where we go for like a Morgan Gibbs-White or something. So I just think stick with him. We've got a plan. We've got a process and, and keep going under all costs. Temps, will that picture behind you be a Steve Cooper genius picture one day? Steve Steve Cooper's a football manager and that, that's the most insecure job in Britain. Yeah. And the football industry is a fickle business and you're soon forgotten. So like the boys, I want Steve Cooper to finish this season and next season as Forest manager, come what may. But if he loses six games at some stage and we're in the bottom three, he'll be sacked. That's the game. He knows it. Sean Dyche knows it. The last 25 managers at Forest know it. So that, that's what he's up against. Now, look, he has so much cash in the bank with the supporters. I'd say the media. I think they've enjoyed how he's, how he's gone about his business. And I'll say this. If we do go down, I don't think it'll be down to any lack of motivation or tactics. It will be the balance of the squad or the signings haven't quite worked out. And he's not wholly responsible for that. But of course, it's plausible we don't finish this season with Steve, Steve Cooper in charge because of the job he does and because if change is needed, that's the only immediate means you've got as, a, as an owner or a chief exec of, of, of making a change. You can't dish out 22 players, get, get 22 in. So it's 
not impossible that he won't end the season. I have so much confidence in him and his performance that I think he will, because I think he'll be unsackable off the results that he put together. But it's um, it's it's not implausible, and we've mm. all been football fans for for long enough to to know that it's you know some would argue it's probable. Um, but yeah, geez, we've we've tried um, we've tried shuffling the decks shuffling the decks so many times, haven't we? Let's let's hope and pray we finish the season with um, Steve Cooper in the dugout. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll see what the backlash is to that that comment. Not quite as bad as I expected in in the comments <laughs> so far. Anyway, right. <coughs> Excuse me. We'll go on to our predictions for the last fifteen minutes or so. Uh, we'll start with Mikey. I'll put yours up. We've all done them. So these are the graphics. I'll read them out for those who are watching. Thanks to Dan, the producer, for doing these. Uh, uh, yeah, those who are on iTunes, I'll read them out. So uh, top six in order. Manchester City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United. Bottom three in order. Brentford, Fulham and Bournemouth. And then Nottingham Forest in 15th place. Mikey, just give us your thoughts on... Actually, I'll, these are quite similar. I won't ask you too many specifics. Give us your thoughts on Forest, and I'll ask one more why you think Forest is going to finish 15th. Yeah, I'll keep it quick. So I think we will go through periods where, as, as Greg says, we have favourable months that push us towards that mid-table, but we'll also have periods where we can't buy a point, probably can't buy a goal. So we, I think we're going to be flirting around that sort of bottom seven, eight, pretty much all season and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing or anybody should get you know negative or disappointed about that we just have to be realistic because if you look at the teams above us um I think will be above us you've got teams like Southampton and, and that that have been there for years and years and years and years so maybe that's our next logical step I do feel we'll be all right I don't feel that we're going to go into the last sort of 10 games in the bottom three or anything like that and yes I have looked at fixtures and worked it out um, and I just think that as long as Cooper is backed and as long as the players perform to the potential, I think we'll be absolutely fine. Um, there will be nervous moments. you just got to ride with it. As Greg says, you know, we're going to struggle sometimes. We're going to get crazy results. But if you stay positive, I think we'll finish 15th. I think we'll be absolutely fine. And I reckon we'll be seven or eight points adrift of, of the bottom three. So I don't think it'll even go down to the last month. That's my personal opinion. Uh, I'll ask you each about one of your predicted relegated teams. You said Brentford, didn't you? I did. What, so, why? I'm not surprised. I agree, but why? I don't like them, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what, part of that is jealousy, because the, the, the way they operate is smart on some occasions. Um, I'm not a big fan of the manager, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think a lot of people are. And I just think that, that sort of second or third season when teams go up, they tend to sort of struggle. And you look at their squad now, Ericsson's gone. And I'm thinking, oh, Forrest will beat them. You know, and I, I'm saying Forrest will be comfortably out of that bottom three. And also you've got to look at the opposition as well, the teams around them. I can't see three worst teams, if, if I'm being brutally honest. I'm not sure what you guys have got in your bottom three, but I think Brentford will struggle. Um, and I just think, it, you know, it, it comes to us all. And I, just, I can just see them struggling. I really can. Mm. Right, I'll do mine next and then we'll go on to the other lads. Just bear with me one second. I have gone. Um, Man City to win the league, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal and Manchester United. So similar to my key. Uh, I've also gone 15th and I've said 15th since previously the start of the summer, so I should stick with that and I'll explain my reasoning in one second. And then my bottom three are Everton, Leeds and Bournemouth. 
think it might be Everton's time after the calamity last season. And I think Leeds have wasted the the sale funds that they've raised from Phillips. Um, right, Forrest. I think I was kind of echoing what the other lads have said. I think they'll start slowly, rough rough few games for uh, up until the Bournemouth game, and then I think they'll just pick up as the players gel and finish quite comfortably fifteenth. Personally, I think the league feels to me like it's a real split where you go from Brentford, Leeds, Everton, Southampton, and the two other promoted teams, and maybe one or I don't, maybe Wolves struggle. I don't know. It feels like there's a clutch of teams that Forest are competing with to me and can beat. So I don't think it's going to be plain sailing because it's you know generally never is for the promoted teams but i think there's worse there's sides in a much worse state than forest with real negative momentum so it gives me real confidence they'll stay up let's move on to temps i'll put these up now so for those listening temps you're the only i think you're the only one who said liverpool are going to win the league man city seconds spurs chelsea arsenal man united another person who said forest are going to finish 15th uh, we didn't see each other's predictions before this. And then your bottom three are Brentford, Fulham and Bournemouth in that order. Uh, why 15th for you for Forest as well? Because of this methodology thing, we're not going to come up and throw the kitchen sink at it and try and blitz everyone. So we ain't, we're not going to finish top six because we're going to be sensible. This is about getting a foothold in the league. And that's not a disaster. You know, 17th isn't a disaster because every transfer window we go through will get stronger while others are making a mess of it or having a period like Everton and Leeds are having now and, and, and losing key players. Well, I think 15th really does represent success. And I can't wait to see Greg's graphic in a minute. If there's, the one thing I disagree with Mikey on is the Liverpool-Man City line. And the reason I've got Liverpool top is that familiarity. They're going to score goals in the way they know how to score goals. Man City are going to have to adapt. And, you know, what a problem adapting to having Erling Haaland wearing, wearing nine for you. Terrible. But it, it, it is important. And if we are going to have a challenge, it's going to be gelling this group of quality players into a, into a team. Hence why there's going to be spells. We're going to lose two or three on the bounce at some stage. And I, I share the view we're going to win two or three on the bounce at some stage. But 15th represents success. It's achievable. It's realistic. But what I will say is, behind the scenes, Steve Cooper's not telling the boys that 15th is acceptable. He's setting his goals far higher. And let's hope they can you know, achieve that stretch. Right, let's go on to Greg's. I've built this up so much after his, I say Nostradamus-like prediction of last season, they're going to finish fourth and win the playoffs. But how many seasons out of 23 did you predict Forrest were going to, were going to get promoted? I've got 100% record. I think uh, I've only ever done it last year. So I, shouldn't <laughs> be, I should be like, <laughs> I shouldn't be mocked for it. I've got a good record now. I'm confident with my picks. Well, let's see your picks for this season then. They're not as wild as people might be thinking. Right, here we go. Greg's predictions. I'll read them out again for those who are listening. Uh, Man City to win the league. Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal and Manchester United in order. Bottom three, Bournemouth, Southampton and Fulham in that order. And Forest to finish ninth, which doesn't sound crazy. Give us your reasoning, Greg. Greg, Myron, if that happens, buddy, if that comes true, (laughs) I'm taking you out. Ninth or or above. (laughs) So I wrote them all down. I kept going through it. How many points we got? The the first one I did, we were only in the 40s. I thought, I've got to get us to 50 points. And it wasn't that hard to see 51 points. And I thought, well, if we're in that middle block, then we're fighting against teams in the middle that we're going to beat. And so I got us to 56 points quite comfortably. And you look at last season and the season before, 
the difference between 51 points to 59 points is like bottom half to Europa League. It's crazy how tight that middle order is just because the top four take the majority of the points off everyone else. So I think we'll be getting into those 50 points and above. And ninth is very achievable if we have a, a decent enough start, almost, I don't want to say limp to, to the next window, but if we're in a position in the next window where he thinks, you know what, we're not that far off a top half, we can push on. And that, that's the one I'm more excited about than the conclusion of this one now, because we would have gelled so much better by then. You know, and we'll know exactly where we need. And you can't forget this five subs thing could kill the teams that come up. You know, you, you, you're nil-nil away at Man City in the 70th minute and they bring on five superstars. <laughs> That's what's going to be the difference. And I think because we have done this, these 12 players that we've, we've recruited, it's a different league now. You know, five subs will make such a difference. That's why we've had to do it. Not trying to just buy what we can and survive. It, there's method in what we're doing and I've loved this pre-season. The results have meant absolutely nothing, but I've loved the way we've gone about it. So I think ninth is realistic. I really do. Well, the comments range from I'm with Greg, go on, Greg, to I'll have 10 points of whatever you're on, pal. Someone, <laughs> was it Trevor, who said you're all mad. What's wrong with you? So, yeah. 100% we'll record. <laughs> Let's let's maintain that 100% record. Right, before we go on to any other business, I'll give you all a chance to um, have your say before we depart. Uh, if you like this video, I normally say this at the end, and you like this podcast, do uh, subscribe on iTunes and YouTube because we always get more viewers and more listeners than we have subscribers by quite a lot. So please do subscribe. It does help spread the word. Uh, one other plug uh, quickly, and then I'll uh, pass the baton and stop boring everyone. I said this last week. We've got an FPL league. If you like FPL, the or fantasy premier league for those who don't know the code for our league is lowercase f lowercase k two lowercase n lowercase j and a four i think there's like there's over 750 people in the league now so if you do win that's quite a nice achievement and i'll give progress updates as we go along through the season right any other business uh greg anything you want to add no no nothing from me i'm just excited to go and i think everyone's so positive at the minute just because of the ridiculous season we had last year if we can just carry that on a little bit for, for these first couple of months, it'll make such a difference, especially down the city ground. So I just can't wait to see it. I really can't. Temps, anything you want to add before we depart? Just that um, I got recognised by some old boy in Weatherspoons the other day <laughs> and he came and shook my hand and said how much he loved the podcast. That that blew my mind because I've obviously never been recognised for anything before. So, I, you know, for me, this is just chatting footy with some mates and uh, it just blew my mind that <laughs> some old fellas launched across launched across the TBI and he's like, Temps, Temps. So, yeah, cheers. <laughs> cheers for that, Matt. What have you done to us? You're becoming super professional with these graphics, Gary Lineker's best bud and everything else. I, I don't know what you've uh, know what you started. <laughs> I know. We've got some exciting stuff coming up. I won't say on here. There's three or four exciting things in the pipeline. I don't want to you know, say it here and then nothing happens. But yeah, good times. Good times. Uh, someone asked me for a selfie once as well. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I said yes, but I didn't want to say no. I mean, you either look arrogant or you look like a weirdo for having your photo taken with a random bloke. <laughs> <laughs> just a journalist of the local paper but yeah no i don't get recognized as much as you two especially you greg jesus always getting recognized positivity people like it i think 
and I mean it as well. It's not just saying it for the sake of it. I genuinely mean what I say with this team. It's a special era that we've never had before in our generation. So we'll keep it going for a few more seasons at least. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Mikey, I know you've got some other business, so I left you till last. What did you want to say? Yeah, just a couple of things. So I uh, went to a Forever Stars charity do the other day where uh, all the ex-Forest captains spoke. So Colin Cooper, Stuart Pearce, Steve Chettle. It was really good. And um, a couple of things hit me. One is a bit like Temps. A lot of people really enjoy the podcast. So people that work uh, away from Nottingham uh, were telling me how much they enjoyed listening to it. So, so that was I thought that was really cool. But also the, um, the ex-captain spoke with such a... Uh, a passion and such fondness for this current team. So obviously they give you all the history and you know they speak about what was good for them, but literally every single one of them spoke about how we're not just in this Premier League to make up the numbers and how every one of us, whether you're ex-player or fans like us, should be proud of his team and stick by them. And it was literally to a man, I found that really, really heartwarming as well. So, and I guess just one more thing as well, that. Um, my, my mate's uncle, um, Ian West, is is walking from ground to ground in the Premier League to raise money for um, guide dogs, which I thought was really good as well. And I know, I know Kieran, my friend's a big fan of this podcast. So lots of good stuff going on, lots of good people, lots of great charity causes. But everywhere I go, um, everybody's really, really positive. So all I'd say, guys, is whatever happens on Saturday, keep the faith. Don't worry about it. We've got Bournemouth in a few weeks. <laughs> we'll beat them. <laughs> How many legs are you walking ground to ground? Um, I will do... Absolutely big in there, take a breath. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, that's no, all good. You'll good. do a couple, surely. Yeah, I'll do a couple, of course. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's said in there. <laughs> uh, last plug, because work has me to do this. We've got a survey about fan uh, optimism, where all you have to do is slide a number bar from left to right between 0 and 100. So I'll put a link in the comments for that, and it takes about 30 seconds. So it reflects how feel people are feeling about uh, the season ahead. Right, I think that uh, is us for the evening. Hopefully people enjoyed that. We're back on Monday with uh, Darren Fletcher uh, is going to join us to discuss the Newcastle game. And uh, hopefully one of these lads, although I haven't asked any of them yet, but hopefully someone's free to record. We're doing it on a Sunday. So, yeah, you can ruin your Sunday and talk to me about the Newcastle game for 45 minutes or so. Right, gentlemen, thank you very much. Greg, thank you. No, I enjoyed it. Cheers. Good to see you all again. Temps, thank you. Cheers, Matt. Keep drinking, Greg. <laughs> Where's your Jesse I've Lingard hat? I've got my new hat now. Is that a Jesse Lingard hat? Yeah, of course it is. Have you not got one? I'm glad we left it 50 minutes in to confirm <laughs> our first sign of the podcast. At least five quid towards our next evening out. I thought you'd given it to your nephew. Yeah, I asked for it back. You asked for it back <laughs> off a child? What a, what a nephew you are. Okay. <laughs> is shaking his head. That's genuinely outrageous conduct. Well, it's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what it is. Mikey, thank you. Cheers, Matt. Thanks, everyone. That's a definite fine, Greg, without a shadow. That is a definite fine. I'll <laughs> draw up another it. list. I'll draw up some random. I saw one for Villa the other day, some really random fines for a lot more money than we could pay. But uh, I'll draw up a list because that's definitely one. Right. Everyone who watched, thank you very much. Drop comments in. Really appreciate it, even if you disagreed with it. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Actually, we won't. We'll be back on Wednesday and maybe Friday. And we'll definitely be back on Monday. We've got a few things in the pipeline. So have a good evening or uh, whenever you've listened to this. Uh, and we will catch you soon.